Welcome back to Over the Border, episode four. I'm your host, Justin. Tonight, I'm here with the boys, as per usual. Kyle, how are we feeling? Feeling pretty good. Uh, I have to admit, I feel like a bit of an idiot after last week's episode when I gave out the Eagles. I told you guys not to bet the Chargers because I thought there was no way that they would win in cover, and unfortunately, they did. However, I do think the Eagles should have won that game, so I don't feel too bad about it. But I'm here this week to give you guys some winners on a bounce-back week. College basketball is back, and there is tons to bet on. Ryan, how are you feeling? You know, United were, again, just absolutely brutal against Man City. Lost a Manchester Derby, so... You know, United breaking my heart, nothing new. But as Kyle said, college basketball is finally back. Why wouldn't I be excited? Just before we get into this episode... Let's get a little recap of last week's picks. Unfortunately, last week we stumbled a little bit. We went 9 and 10 overall. So I went 6 and 4, brings me to 14 and 10 overall. Ryan went 1 and 3, 6 and 4 overall. Justin, 2 and 3, also 6 and 4 overall. So we're still very much in the positives. Last week, a little bit of a weaker week, but this week we've got some winners for you. So let's get into it. Welcome to Coast to Coast, recapping news across Canadian sports. Let's just rattle through the NHL records. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are 5-6-2. and two. The Edmonton Oilers continue to stay hot. They're 9-2. Calgary Flames, 7-2-3. I'm really looking forward to the Battle of Alberta this year. As you said, both Calgary and Edmonton are off to a great pace. They're 1-2 in the division, and it's just setting up for great games between Calgary and and Edmonton and I'm excited to see them make some noise in the playoffs so we should have the Battle of Alberta to look forward to this year. The Winnipeg Jets 6-3-3. The Ottawa Senators some big news out of Ottawa this week despite their 3-8-1 record. Uh, Finally Brady Kachuk was named the 10th captain in Sens history so he'll be the first captain since Eric Carlson left. It's clear that now that they've named a captain, they're finally ready to turn the corner. So if you're a Sens fan... Oh, damn time. Yeah, exactly. So it's finally an exciting time. Hopefully that's uh, a sign of good things to come despite the crazy COVID outbreak. Uh, this week, the Sens have placed six players on the COVID list, including one of their associate coaches as well. So that's a tough week for them. But hopefully starting on Thursday against the or tomorrow against the Kings... And into the weekend against the Pens, they can turn it around and get healthy. Toronto Maple Leafs are 7-5-1. The Montreal Canadiens continue to disappoint. They're at the basement of the Atlantic at 3-10-1. Tank for Shane Wright, ladies and gentlemen. I've been saying it since episode one. But no, the Habs are still as disappointing as they've been all season. Surprised, though, when we played the Kings uh, last night... The fans gave a standing ovation to Dano after a video tribute. Personally, was not expecting that at all as a Quebecer leaving the city of Montreal for more money. I was expecting booze all night. But with Price returning to the team not playing, though, there's no plans for him to come back. It's definitely going to be a bit of a boost for the morale for the squad. But apart from that, the Habs are still as disappointing as they've been all season. As we continue to move through the Canadian sports, let's get right into some CFL recap. Kyle, what do you have for us? Well, we've only got two weeks left in the regular season, so we're definitely getting down to it. Um, For the most part, the playoffs are set. It looks like we've got our six teams that will be making the playoffs, and we're just looking at seeding right now. In the East, things can be shaken up quite a bit. Right now, the Argos are in first, but with two weeks remaining, 
Uh, the seating can definitely change with the Argos, Alouettes, and Ticats. So it wouldn't be surprising at all if those teams moved around a little bit. The West is pretty locked up. It looks like we're going to have the Wagon Blue Bombers of Winnipeg with the first seed, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with the second, and the Stampeders with the third. Should be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Moving along to the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are 6-5 and five overall. Um, so tonight, Siakam is back in the lineup. He's playing as a big man tonight versus the Celtics. Uh, not much of a basketball guy, but I assume that he's their best player offensively, so it should uh, help a lack of scoring for them and give them a much-needed boost offensively, and hopefully they can start stringing some wins together. Before we move on, I just want to say that I hammered the Celtics tonight. I am a pseudo-Raptors fan, but I hammered the Celtics tonight, so go Celts. What was the spread? I got them at minus three, and then I also have them in a parlay with uh, Celtics money line and Warriors money line. All right, so you absolutely love the Celtics tonight. He loves the Celtics to do. <laughs> Everyone loved the Raptors, so you know that means that I'm going to be all over Paid the, the Celtics. Exactly. And now in the Canadian Premier League, Ryan, what do you have for us? Well, there's only two games remaining in the season, and unfortunately the same team is playing in both of them. It's Forge versus Edmonton on Friday night, and then on the 16th, so I believe that's on Tuesday next week, uh, Forge will play Cavalry. Forge is already locked up first place, essentially, even if they lose these two games. Uh, with goal differential compared to Calgary and Pacific, they beat them by a mile. So unless they lose like 15 nothing, Forge has got the first place locked up. As the season approaches the end, though, the playoff picture is beginning to shape. Forge have been rolling 13 points out of a possible 15, so four wins with one loss. And with this form, they'll usually they'll play York in the opening round. Cavalry came out strong and handed Pacific yet another defeat last week. And they'll probably be the matchup uh, in the other semifinals, Calvary and Pacific. So it should be entertaining for the playoffs in the, the next couple of weeks. Well, there were some major storylines across the NHL since we last recorded. We really had to eat our words. We heard that there was a report that the Calgary Flames had put in a massive offer for Jack Eichel. However, he has finally been traded. He has landed in Vegas. So Jack Eichel to the Las Vegas Golden Knights along with a 2023 third round pick and Buffalo is receiving Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a conditional first in 2022 and a conditional second in 2023. So the way the trade shakes out is if the Knights first round pick in 2022 is not in the top 10, the Sabres get that selection and a Vegas second-round pick in 2023, while the Knights get a 2023 Buffalo third. If the Golden Knights' first-round pick in 2022 is inside the top 10, the Sabres get a 2023 Vegas first and a second in 2024, while the Knights would get a Buffalo third-rounder in 2024. So that's a lot to say that Buffalo's getting a first-round pick and a second-round pick. And Vegas is getting a third. What do you guys think? Who won the trade? Personally, I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Buffalo. Um, it really depends on how Eichel comes out of the surgery and his health. Alex Tuck is a solid depth centerman. Um, and, you know, picking up a lot of draft capital and a top prospect. I mean, Vegas is really selling the farm. And I actually like this move for Buffalo considering Eichel wanted out anyway. What do you guys think? 
jump in here first, and let me preface this by saying that I think Eichel is um, a very elite player. Um, I don't doubt that the surgery will go well and he's going to be able to return to um, how good he was before. That being said, I think that Buffalo actually comes out winning this trade. Going into it, they had absolutely no leverage. Eichel wanted out. He didn't want to come back. He wasn't having the surgery in Buffalo. So they had very little leverage to negotiate with. And they still ended up trading him for a huge haul. As you mentioned, Tuck is a very good player. Um, I think he adds a lot of depth. Um, On the Sabres, he's going to be a top six uh, forward. And so that's a big pickup. I think Peyton Krebs has a lot of upside. um, And he could turn into a player. And then you add in the first and second round picks. And who knows what you're going to get for them. But overall, I think both teams are obviously satisfied with this trade. But I lean towards Buffalo winning the trade. Before I give out who I think won the trade, I'd just like to say the Over the Border podcast mushed the flames in getting Jack Eichel. I think that's fair to say. No kidding. But but I'm with you guys. I lean Buffalo in this trade winning. The Eichel being, if you look at it in the present terms, I think Buffalo's winning. They get a top six forward who will probably play top line minutes. He's a quality guy. He's got experience in the cup. So, And then you get two picks out of it. I lean Buffalo in this trade. It's hard to say because Buffalo was so bad last year. And as a result, Jack Eichel just wasn't performing. So maybe it's a recency bias, at least from my point of view. But I just, I can't, I like I like the move for Buffalo, especially when you consider what Kyle said, that they had zero leverage and somehow had a massive haul. Now, on the flip side, Buffalo is building for the future. Vegas, their window is now. They absolutely sold the farm, getting rid of picks, prospects, and everything. They need to win a cup in the next two to three years. Otherwise, is it all a bust, and do they need to restart? It's very interesting. They're taking a very aggressive um, general management style to the team. They're investing everything. They're selling the farm. I think they've traded uh, like five out of six first-rounders they've drafted in franchise history and investing it all into players. Right now, they have absolutely no future. And to be honest with you, it will pay off if they win. You know, If they win a cup, then it's all worth it. Now, if they don't win a cup, they could run into some years where they're terrible when these guys get older. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out for sure. Before we get into our picks, I have a few other NHL points to touch on. Um, Speaking of the Buffalo Sabres and being a bad team, this year they're not that bad, mind you, but the Arizona Coyotes, are they an NHL team? They're 1-10-1. I don't know what to say about them. It's, it's sad to see an NHL team look like an AHL team, um, and I don't think it's going to get any better for them throughout the season, so that's something to watch out for. If you fade the Coyotes, you're going to make a lot of money. The Kraken... As we were talking about Vegas, Kraken, obviously the new franchise in the NHL, not the same story as Vegas. They're struggling out of the gates, last in the division right now. You know, when they drafted their team, I didn't think they drafted a lot of the best players they could have. They kind of built towards the future, so a different style than Vegas took. And it's not overly surprising that they're not doing that great right now. So it'll be interesting to see how they do for the rest of the season. And then a team who I don't think many people expected to do this well the Detroit Red Wings, Stevie Iserman's master plan seems to be working out quite well. They're 7-5-2 and two already. No one expected them to do well. 
and they're off to a hot start. Their young players, Lucas Raymond and Maurice Sider, are off to a huge start leading that team. And it's just exciting to uh, see them go off like this. But let's get into some picks. Justin, do you want to start off? All right, this week I have four picks in the NHL. I've got the Sens against the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow night as we record this. It's in Ottawa. Uh, the line that I saw is Sens minus 110. Um, you know, a West Coast team traveling east. I like the Sens in this spot. You know, people are saying that they're down bad because of all the COVID. Uh, but Kyle and I were actually talking off air yesterday about how they didn't actually take that big a hit. Um, the only real dagger to their lineup is losing Connor Brown. But other than that, um, I don't think it's that big a deal for the players that they've lost and they've had to fill the holes with some young guys and I like that they're giving them a chance finally. Another young guy, Tim Stutzla, he's due. We're gonna take him to score again. LA isn't as good a team as Vegas. I think he can get it done. Plus, is he over fourteen this year? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. he doesn't have a he doesn't have a goal yet. Whatever. He's due. The line keeps climbing. He was plus 320 the other night. Hopefully against a team of L.A.'s caliber, we can get him at like plus 300. Taking that. I've also got the Habs against the Flames. This line just doesn't make any sense. I got the Habs at plus 114. The Flames are a way better team than the Habs, and the line is this close. Uh, I'm fading the Flames, taking the Habs. And then... I've got the Devils plus 120 against the Islanders. All right, let's get into my picks. But before I do, for those of you listening at home, please say a prayer that Tim Stutzla scores a goal soon because Justin is going to be off this pod if he doesn't score soon. He's not going to have any money. He's going to be living on the streets. So please say a prayer that Tim Stutzla can score. We need we need Justin to stay on this pod. Bad. Hashtag Stutzla score. Exactly. Uh, but getting into my picks... I've got Oilers money line plus 115 against the Bruins. I mean, seeing the Oilers at plus money, I can't turn that down right now. It kind of seems like a bit of a trap spot, but again, Oilers plus money, I'm going to take that all day. My next pick, I've got Wild money line minus 105 against the Kraken. Um, As I said, the Kraken, not off to a hot start. I'll gladly take the Wild at minus 105. And then I've got Flames minus 130 against the Habs. It very well might be a trap spot. As Justin mentioned, the line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The Habs are not doing very well. The Flames are very hot. Um, No pun intended, but I will take the Flames (laughs) minus 130 regardless. Now with my picks. First one is going to be the St. Louis Blues in regulation against the Predators at minus 107. Preds are coming off a back-to-back, and David Reddick will be making his debut. Give me the Blues all day long. And then the second pick, I'm fading my Habs because, as I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, they've been a disappointment all season. Line of minus 130 doesn't really make sense. But with the Flames squad, and if Markstrom's starting, which I believe he should be, the Flames have a solid keeper, a goalie that can uh, guide them through the whole game. Give me the Flames and money line. All right, hopping in now to the National Football League. Uh, I think the biggest news this week is that The Browns and OBJ have parted ways finally. Uh, He cleared waivers, so he's going to be hitting the free agent market. Uh, I've seen and heard a lot of conflicting reports, um, but one of our news sources says that the Packers, Saints, Chiefs emerge as favorites. I've also heard the Patriots and the Seahawks, but who knows? 
stuff. What do you guys think? Where where's OBJ ending up? I don't know. It's he's rumored to be anywhere right now. So it's honestly, it, it's 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 I don't know. I, I'm I'm completely lost on this. But to be fair, if Rogers comes back in Green Bay, it could be a good fit. And with the Packers making well, the Packers are just a solid team this year. So adding another weapon with OBJ, I think it'd be a good fit. Yeah, I don't know where he's going. Um, but I think the only place he could actually work out is on the Patriots playing under Bill Belichick. And just, he might be the only coach that OBJ actually listens to. I know, personally, I don't want him on the Eagles, my team. And I wouldn't want him on my team if I played for somebody else because he's clearly shown how problematic he is wherever he goes. So I just don't want him. Um, another note on the Browns that I want to make is they're dealing with some COVID issues. Um Nick Chubb is on the COVID list this week. He has COVID, although he is vaccinated. So he may be able to play, but it's likely he won't play. And Kareem Hunt is injured. So right now they only have one running back on their roster, Dernis Johnson, who we saw a few weeks ago put up a whole bunch of points when uh, Chubb and Hunt were out. So if you're a fantasy player and he is on the waiver wire, I would highly suggest you pick him up because he's going to get a lot of touches on Sunday. I love a little bit of fantasy football talk. Um, now let's get into our picks for the week. I'm taking the Vikings plus two, plus two and a half again at the Chargers. I think the Chargers. I don't know. I I think the Eagles could have and should have won that game on Sunday. So I don't think that they're playing their best football. Sixty-five percent of the public is on the Chargers, and I actually think that the Vikings are a little bit underrated. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with the whole um, Dalvin Cook situation. So I'm I guess I'm leaning Vikings at the moment. I haven't bet them yet. I'm thinking about it. Uh, next, I've got the Raiders plus two and a half. I am still riding the Chiefs are overrated. Why are the Chiefs favored on the road in a divisional matchup against the Raiders? I like the Raiders. The Raiders have been through a lot this year. They've lost some players due to legal issues. They've lost coaches. They still continue to win. I'm taking the Raiders plus two and a half against the Chiefs. Uh, then I also have the 49ers plus four against the Rams uh, on Monday night. This is just a pure public fade spot. I see 88% of the public on the Rams. This line should be bigger. Shouldn't be plus four. Give me the Niners plus four. And then I'm going to sprinkle a little prop. I got C.D. Lamb anytime TD uh, for the Cowboys. I know I'm a Cowboys homer. The Cowboys are going to bounce back this week against the Falcons. They got smoked by the Broncos. That was my lock of the week. Tragic. But I think that the Cowboys steamroll the Falcons and C.D. Lamb gets on the board. Speaking of the Cowboys, that brings me into my first pick of the week. I've got Falcons-Cowboys over 55. Neither of these teams like to play a lot of defense. I mean, the Cowboys' defense has been better this year, but traditionally, they're more offense first. The Falcons are obviously all offense, no defense. It is a little bit of a higher total, but I think we see a shootout on Sunday. My next pick, Saints plus three. You guys know if you listen, I hate the Titans. Ryan loves the Titans. That's his problem. I hate the Titans. Saints plus three, I think it's an absolute trap spot. Everyone's going to hammer the Titans. They think the Titans are all this and all that. Saints cover come Sunday. My next pick, Cardinals minus 10. The Cardinals are a great team, 
And minus 10, I just think they can cover that easily. That's flat out my logic on that pick. Cardinals, minus 10. If you don't mind me it. jumping in, not to mention that Sam Darnold is hurt. So the Cardinals are going to downgrade from Sam Darnold. Let that sink in for a second. But the reason I didn't bring that up is because I don't think that P.J. Washington is that much of a downgrade from Darnold, if he Fair. is a downgrade Fair at all. Enough. Arnold's been so bad this year. P.J. Washington's looked kind of the same. So I don't even know if it's worth mentioning. I didn't really factor it into making this pick. I just think the Cardinals are going to steamroll the Panthers. Fair enough. On my next pick, I am going to be throwing in a little six-point teaser. We've got Steelers minus three and Ravens minus 1.5. Steelers are playing the Lions. I mean, the Lions are a feisty team, you could say, I guess. But regardless, they haven't won a game. And I think the Steelers are going to handle them easily. And then my other play, Ravens minus 1.5. It's kind of a tricky spot because I think the Ravens are going to play the Dolphins tough on Thursday Night Football. Primetime games, I don't love betting them because everyone hammers the favorite. Everyone's going to be on the Ravens. But I do think they come out with a win, and so I'll take the minus 1.5. Before we move on... I've got a fun little flyer. It's not an official play, but it's a play I'll give you guys. Jets money line plus 500 against the Bills. The Bills are coming off losing to the Jaguars. I mean, how do you lose to the Jags? Um, and so I'll gladly take the Jets plus 500 for a little bit of change with Mike White starting quarterback. I'm buying into the Mike White madness, and I want to see what he brings. So I will gladly put a few bucks on Jets money line and just see what happens. You know, you say, how do the Jags beat the Bills? Yet, Justin was calling this on the last podcast, saying Urban Meyer with a bye week is dangerous. Hey. True. What, what we didn't, we didn't take him seriously. We should have taken him seriously. We didn't take seriously. him seriously. What can yeah, I say? Who fault. did he finger blast harder? Josh Allen or that lady in the bar? <laughs> That's a tough question. <laughs> well, but you know, we'll move on to my picks now. Picks? The boys know I'm a huge oh. teaser fan. I do them every week. 50-50, to be honest. But I'm with Kyle with one of them. Cowboys minus one and a half. Primetime spot. Everyone's going to be hammering the Ravens. Minus seven spread. I don't know if they cover it, but I do see them winning outright. And then the second team in the teaser is going to be Cowboys minus two and a half. Yes, they just lost to the Broncos. They got embarrassed. You hear that? Embarrassed. But I see them bouncing back against the Falcons. It's Matt Ryan. Enough is enough. They'll bounce back. Ravens, Cowboys, teaser. Second pick I have. Eagles plus three. They've been competitive in every game. Honestly, I don't see it. I, I think they could even win this game outright, but I'll take the spread. Give me plus three. And then also, my last pick for the NFL, it's going to be cards minus ten. Whether Kyler plays or not, Colt McCoy can carry the Cardinals to a win against the weak Panthers. Minus ten, they'll cover minus fourteen with ease. All right, next we've got the NBA. There's only three games tomorrow. There's no lines available, so we're not going to be giving out any picks. Um, if you are curious to see if we do end up giving out any NBA picks, uh, you can follow the boys on Twitter, at TwigsLocks and at DGen underscore picks. Um, and then we've got some CFL action. Kyle, I see you've got a couple picks here. What are you looking at this week? Well, as you guys know, I absolutely love betting the CFL. Um, I've got one pick to give out now, and then I am going back to the CFL for my lock of the week. So the one pick I'll give out now is Montreal and Winnipeg over 44.5. They played last week. The total hit 52. Both these teams like to score points. 
I think over 44 and a half is a solid play. All right. Ryan, what do you got in the CPL this week? As per usual, the lines don't come out till probably the day or two days before. But with this weekend's matchup, Forge and Calvary, I do lean the under two and a half. Both teams will be resting starters. And in their last seven head-to-head matchups, small sample size in the Canadian Premier League, there's only been two or three years played. The under has hit five times. So I see both teams playing for a point or either they'll be happy with a point if it's 1-1 during the game. Give me the under two and a half. Kyle, I see that you have some picks in, the col- in college football. What are you looking at this week? This week in college football, I've got Cincinnati minus 23 and a half against South Florida. I believe this is a Friday night game. I think since he goes out and absolutely pace South Florida, South Florida is not a strong side at all. Since he's looking to build their resume to hopefully find a way to make it into the college football playoffs, give me Cincy. My next play, I've got Penn State plus one and a half. They're playing Michigan. Michigan's ranked sixth in the country. They're eight and one. This line is way too close. It shouldn't be this close. Public's going to be all over Michigan. I think Penn State's a strong side. I think they should be ranked, to be honest with you. And Penn State plus 1.5 is a trap line. I will be taking Penn State. My other play, I've got Oregon minus 13 and a half. Sorry, just minus 13. They're playing Wazoo. I think they go out, put up a strong performance against Washington. Once again, they're also looking to build their resume to make sure that they're into the college football playoffs. So I will take Oregon minus 13. I've got one college play too this weekend. Uh, Iowa minus three and a half against Minnesota. This will be a very low scoring game. I think Iowa's defense will stop Minnesota. I don't even think Minnesota will score more than 10 points. Uh, I see this game maybe going 17-7. Give me Iowa minus three and a half. I love it. Finally, as we mentioned at the top of the show, college basketball started yesterday. Uh, we've got no plays this week, but we will be sure to be back next week with some plays as we kind of gather some information, maybe watch a couple games and kind of figure out um, what we're going to be looking for, what we like, uh, and what kind of teams we're going to be looking to ride with and fade. So be on the lookout for that. That's Finally, fine. let's get into our final two segments. We've got the $100 bankroll challenge. All right, so before we get into our picks for this week, I'm going to give a quick recap of how we did last week. But before I do that, we have come to the decision that we are going to give $100 to the winner of the challenge. And so I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's a fun challenge, and it gives a chance for the listeners to follow along with our picks or fade us if you want. But recapping last week, as you know, we started off with a $100 bankroll. Justin went 1-2 and last week. His bankroll is now at $95.47. I went 2-1 and one last week. My bankroll's at $108.55. And Ryan, unfortunately, went 0-2. Oh His bankroll is at $80. Justin, why don't you start us off? All right, so I've got three picks. Saints plus 2.5 for $10. I'm putting $10 on the Saints uh, for the same reasoning uh, that Kyle has. You know, this the Titans, not as good as people think they are, I don't think, or in my opinion, I should say. Uh, so give me the Saints plus two and a half for ten. I'm also putting five dollars on the Lions Steelers under forty two and a half. Uh, I think this game is going to stink. Um, I think both teams aren't very good. Big Ben, I don't know. Just give me the under forty two and a half minus one hundred nine for five bucks. I'm also going to take the Eagles uh, for five bucks at plus three. 
I think this is a massive letdown spot for the Broncos, giving the Eagles plus three. I've got three picks once again for this week. My first play, it's going to be $10 on Penn State. I gave you guys my explanation on that earlier, so give me Penn State for $10. I've also got $5 on Oilers' money line. As I said, I'm going to take them at plus money whenever I can. And then my third play, $5, Cardinals minus 10. Once again, I gave my explanation earlier. I like this card, and I'm looking to keep building my bank. You know, I just like starting slow with the lock of the weeks and my bankroll. But, you know, like a good comeback story. We're going Georgia Tech, 10 bucks, minus two. I think Georgia Tech will run down uh, Boston College's throat this week and limit them in the past game. Minus two, money line, take whatever, 10 bucks on it, they'll win. And then my second pick, same as Kyle, cards, my, uh, cards Cardinals, minus 10, $5. As the explanation we've said before, they'll win outright. They could even win by even more. They can win by 20. All right, good luck, fellas. Finally, let's jump into everybody's favorite segment of the week, the lock of the week. Just to give you a quick recap of how we all did last week, we all lost or pushed. I, I was about lost. to say, I did not lose. I lost. I did not win. Kyle lost. Ryan got a debatable push, kind of got robbed of a win because of VAR, but... That's a bit of a convoluted story, so we're going to push it aside. That brings my record down to 1-2. and two. Ryan at 0-2-1, and, and Kyle at 1-2. and two. So this week, we're coming at you with some... with Holy fuck. Let's just jump into our picks this week. Kyle, what do you got? I said I'm going back to the CFL for my lock of the week. It's one of my best leagues, and this week I am taking the Calgary Stampeders minus two against the BC Lions. I believe this game's on Saturday. This is going to be a tune-up game for the Stamps before the playoffs. As I said, there's only two weeks left in the season. They're going to look to pace the Lions. The Lions are a weaker side. They don't play well defensively. I think the Stamps cover this minus two easily. I'm going to the shit bowl of the week, the Steelers-Lions. I'm taking the Lions plus nine and a half. I think that, as I mentioned earlier, I think this game goes under, which makes the nine and a half spread even bigger than it already is. Uh, the Lions love to compete. Dan Campbell has that team firing on all cylinders despite not having won a game. I think they're going to come out, compete to the to the last second in the fourth quarter against the Steelers, giving the Lions plus 9.5. Well, you guys already know by now that I am a massive footy guy. And with it being international break, only makes sense we have a World Cup qualifier play. We're coming at you with Austria versus Israel Oy over 2.5. Now you say Oive, but listen to this. Israel loves conceding goals away. They average four and a half goals per game away. And these teams have played three times in the last two years. The combined scores have been 5-2, 3-1, Give me over two and a half. All right. Well, that's the end of our episode today. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OverborderPod. And we'll see you guys later. Life's a gamble. So I'm going to put some money on it. Back,